0: This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, one of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. What's good, everyone? This is Dr. Nee. So I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I'm going to be straight with y'all. I'm going to take y'all all the way back to 2014. I was fresh off of being a newly minted doctor, a surgeon, doing something that I've always wanted to do since I was a child, finally making a healthy salary, newly married, we're in the honeymoon phase. Literally, I was on top of the world. I felt like nobody could tell me anything, but I actually had a secret that nobody knew about. And that secret was, I didn't know anything. I didn't know jack. (laughs) That's worse than not knowing anything. When you don't know jack, that's worse about money. I mean, I didn't know how to invest in my 401k. I didn't know what to do about our student loans. I had over $300,000 in student loan debt. Renee was bringing the same thing. It was crazy. I didn't even know how to properly budget. I didn't even know how to manage a savings account the right way. And I'm telling you right now, we both have our MBAs and we still didn't know how to do that. So... You know, even though externally it looked like I was on top of the world and in my mind I was feeling that way, I actually was really bummed and felt like I was at a low point. So one night, actually, I typed in savings account into Google and it brought me to YouTube. And obviously the first page, there are things about high yield bank accounts, there's stuff on CDs. But then when I went to the next page, I found this video that there was a couple named his and her money. Never heard of them before. And it was called Why We Have 13 Bank Accounts. I'm like, 13 bank accounts? How do they have 13 bank accounts? They must not know how to manage their money. Yo, after watching this video, my mind was blown. These folks had an account for future car purchases because they only believed in paying for cars in cash. I had never heard of that. They had an account for real estate taxes, they had an account for dining out, they had an account for wealth building. I mean, literally, whatever you could think of in terms of a future purchase, they had an account for that. And I had never seen anything like this. And I was hooked. And next thing you know, I was literally trying to find as much information about this couple as possible. I found out about their award winning podcast. Obviously, I was already on the YouTube channel. And I was gobbling up their information on the YouTube channel. Shout out to them for crossing 100,000 subscribers, their authors. And really, they have become a force in the personal finance world. And they've been featured all over print, they've been featured in electronic media. I'm talking about TD Jakes, The Huffington Post, Business Insider, NerdWallet, Wallet, USA Today, just to name a few. And when you think about it, after you listen to this episode, you're going to find out that his and her money really is a journey of how two high school sweethearts fell in love, how they got married, and admittedly were total opposites when it came to handling money. And through faith, through love, through dedication, they're completely debt-free now, including their own mortgage. And now they run a six-figure online business. So we're going to unpack a lot on this show. Whether you are single, in a relationship, not sure how to handle your money, they've got something for you all. So look, this intro went long enough. I can't wait for y'all to hear from his and her money. Without further ado, I present his and her money. Let's get it. Hey, Ty and Tala, welcome to Docs Outside the Box. How y'all doing?
1: Hey, hey, hey. What's going on,
0: family? We are good and we are glad to be here. Absolutely. We're so glad that you mentioned family because we actually feel like you guys are a part of our family. We discovered y'all back in 2014 when we started our debt payoff, or at least just understanding how loans and debt payoff went. We were just all over the place. And when we discovered you all and the thoughts of paying off debt and having multiple accounts so that we can be more accountable to ourselves and all these different things we learned from you all and six years later to see you guys' arc has been amazing. So to have you all here with us on this show, it feels like almost like a family homecoming. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for your support over the years. We're extremely proud of you guys as well. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We had an thank opportunity you. to have you all on our show. And you guys shared your amazing story. So thank you for what you all do.
2: Yeah, you guys are an inspiration yep. to a whole generation of people that look like you, that don't look like you, that mm-hmm. have the same occupation as you, that have different occupations as you. But just when people heard your story on our show and continue to yep. listen in to the work that you all are doing, trust us when we tell you that you guys are making a heck of an impact yourselves. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very
0: much. And it really goes to, you know, just the whole notion of virtual mentorship, right? Like, you don't necessarily have to be around someone all the time. Or, you know, I know one of the tenets that you guys choose is if you surround yourself with really positive people, you're going to think more positive or you're going to make better decisions. But if you don't have that with the way how the internet is nowadays, I mean, you can do virtual mentorship and choose your favorite podcast that's positive and surround yourself with that all the time. And I think that's what we all are doing. And it's really helping families pay off debt, change their tree, but just be more around positive people. So-
2: That's one of the benefits of the information age is that if you don't have those people that have a similar mindset as you when it comes to finances or anything, you know, it can be health related. It can be business related. If you don't know no entrepreneurs, you don't know anybody who's launched businesses and has success, then you can go online and put yourself in different situations through podcasts, through YouTube, through Facebook groups. But it's a choice. And I think a part of success is making that choice. Like, no matter what my starting line is, no matter what my circumstances are now, I'm going to make the choice to try and improve it. You know, we can't get an inheritance if nobody ever left us one. But what we can do is build up an equity through books, yeah. through podcasts, through YouTube. We can go to the library and get books for free. Podcasts cost nothing. YouTube costs nothing. And we yeah. can start to build a cachet that way through the use of the information age. And that's what you all did. That's what we do to this day.
0: Let's talk about since you mentioned the beginning, starting off. Let's take it all the way way back. Like, let's hear about your brand story, about how you all started. Like, what was it like when it wasn't a choice? I know that you guys were kind of on opposite ends, opposite spectrums of financial decisions. Can you take us all the way back to that point?
2: Yeah. So what's interesting about our story is we had similar upbringings, but we responded differently to that similar upbringing. So we both were born on the south side of Chicago. We both grew up in homes where our families were very thrifty, very frugal, making sure that the dollar stretched. And for me, I took on that because it's not like we were having conversations with our parents about money, but we were Mm -hmm. seeing what they were doing with their money. But we came to two different interpretations. For me, I looked at it as my parents being cheap and not wanting to get nice things. And so when I was an adult, I wasn't really an adult, but I was 17 when I left the house and entered into the military. And for the first time, you know, I'm out on my own, have my own paycheck deposited on the 1st and 15th, and I made it up in my mind that I was going to do the exact opposite of what I saw. I said the only thing I'm going to buy is name brand items because nobody ever bought me name brand items. When all my friends had the Jordans growing up, I had to pay less Wings. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And that stuck <laughs> with me. That's I remember that. Right? Yep. So, when I got my own, I was just buying name brand, name brand, had to have the nice things and I just spiraled out of control with my spending to the point that I ended up in over $30,000 of debt with nothing good to show for it. It's not like it was college related. It's not like it was real estate related. It was literally just consumerism that just spiraled out of control. And I got to the point of being super fed up and frustrated. And I was trying to figure things out when I fell in love with this beautiful young lady right next to me. And I had a decision to make and I made the wrong decision Initially, and I let my wife. Tell you can her tell story. them what decision you made. <laughs> so the decision <laughs> I made like, was like, remember, that? remember that, remember <laughs> that. She's like own it. <laughs> that thirty thousand dollars of debt that I just told you about, I made the decision that I was going to hide it from her. So she was asking all the right questions. We went through Pete Meritor counseling. We were talking credit about
1: reports ones, and everything. But I came
2: up with creative answers that were totally false about the situation because. She was the complete opposite. Right. Like I was a financial mess, bad credit, a whole bunch of debt. She had great credit. She had no debt. She had a degree in finance. She was working in the finance industry. And so I felt ashamed. I felt guilty. I felt inadequate about the financial mess that I had created. So I was like, man, I'm not going to tell her I'm going to try to figure this out before we get married so that it's not even an issue. But God's not going to let a foundation be built with a crack right down the middle. And so my little plan didn't work. Mm -hmm. And I had to confess and tell her, like, here's the truth about my situation. I've been lying. I have not been honest with you. And we almost didn't get married, which is the ironic part that here we are with this major finance company that we work together. Mm -hmm. And finances is what almost caused us to never get married in the first place.
1: Yeah, I was devastated. So I tell people it wasn't because of the debt we could overcome the debt in which we did. It was the trust. If he's lying to me about this, what else is he keeping from me? Like I was terrified. I'm like, I'm not about to do this and say I do just for somebody to be a complete lie. And after a lot of prayer, a lot of conversations, a lot of going over our plan and our next steps, we made the decision to get married. Now, today we've been married 14 years. Yay. So we overcame for sure. And we were able to become consumer debt-free within our first year of marriage. And it wasn't easy. It was a lot of trial and error. We thought, or he thought, because I was the one that was better at money, that I should be the one that controlled it. And I thought it was a great idea. So I created the budget. I told him how much money he could spend every month. I allocated the dollars. And then it came to the point where there was unspoken frustrations. He knew how much money he made, but he also knew how much I was giving him or telling him that he can spend. So I felt like a mother-son type uh, relationship where I felt taken for granted. I'm like, wow, I never once threw it up in your face after we got married, your debt now became my debt. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. And I felt you know, taken for granted. And so then we realized in marriage, it should not necessarily be 50-50 when it comes to your finances, but you should have some play. You should have some part in it. And so we came together. There was no budget that was made that he didn't have say and started having conversations. And here we are. Wow.
2: Not only are we consumer debt free, but we got bold. Then we took it to another level. And we said we were going to pay our house off in five years. Did and five fee? years from the day that we closed on the house, we walked into the bank the with our kids and made the very last mortgage payment $330,000 gone, destroyed in five years. Yep. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, that's you nothing you compared did. to what y'all did, yeah, you know. You. But uh,
0: right.
3: <laughs> no, but it is, though, right? It is because. When you think about it, the money is one thing, but the challenge is so much greater than the money. The fact that you went through everything that you went through, you know, hiding it, then revealing it, then questioning whether or not this marriage should even occur, and then going through the first year and having to really grapple with what the situation was and how you were going to handle it. The money is one thing, but the challenge is so much greater than any debt that we have. And we understand that there are people who are in much less debt, who never pay it off because of the challenge and not because of the dollar amount. So I think that's such a great lesson that you guys really just learned and just taught us all. You know, my question for Talit though is, once all of this started happening, like at the point at which you confessed to Ty, What did you think about your parents' situation then? Did you kind of shift in your thinking or?
2: Yeah, by then I had made the shift mentally, right? Because like I said, I had gotten to the point that I was super frustrated and fed up with the fact that I had a career. I was getting a good salary, but I literally had nothing to show for it at the end of every month. And so I began to start the process of reading books, Mm -hmm. podcasts and YouTube wasn't a thing back then, reading like, Yahoo Finance or Motley Fool. Those MSN. Are MSN money. Money. You know, nope. those were the kind of resources that were popular and viable back then. Because prior to that, I just had no knowledge. I had no insight on what I should be doing with this money. And so my mindset had changed, but the consequences were still there. The debt was still there. The credit was still messed up. But I mentally was shifting to see mm-hmm. that you should be spending less than you make. You should be putting money in savings. You should be getting out of debt. You should be investing. You know, I was just in the real infancy stage of that. I no longer was consuming at the rate that I was, but it was still a learning process. It was still some habits that I was working out of my system, but my mind was changing in the right direction.
3: So you're like, mama wasn't being cheap. (laughs) No,
2: I understood. (laughs) I understood the principle of
0: stewardship. You know what I mean? That you do well to manage what you have, you know? I definitely used to do what's called mental math when I was working. And initially, when you're working as a resident, you get paid far less than how much you get paid once you finish training in residency. And I was very similar. I would do this mental math and know, okay, I got paid a certain amount. And I know that I'm not going to create a budget, but I know how much I should be left with by the end of the month. And I would be over budget all the time. I never saved any money during my five years, even six years of residency and had nothing to show for it but debt. And I felt the same way. One of the things that I'm really interested in is, is there are a lot of couples where it's a one physician household. That one physician has a ton of debt. The other, the spouse, partner may not have any debt whatsoever. Or you may have a situation where you have two physician household, like me and Renee. We both have tons of debt. And it oftentimes ends up being a situation of, well, you do you. You handle your debt. I handle my debt. So my question to you, Ty, is is what was it like to take on talib's debt as your own? How hard of a decision was that for you? And why did you do that? It
1: wasn't difficult because I knew going into marriage that when we became one, we're one in everything. So I already knew that we were gonna have the shared accounts. It was not gonna be his money and her money. So I knew that we were gonna be a partner, a team because God put us together. And so going into that, making that decision was not difficult whatsoever because from day one, I never threw it up in his face and I immediately said, it's now my debt as well. So I looked at our household as one. That's one thing I never really could understand where there are two people who are spouses live in the same household. And it's like, you all are on two separate financial plans. How are you building your home together? And so for me, it was easy. It wasn't difficult whatsoever.
2: Like, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? There's no fun in that. None. You know what I mean? Like I tried that to Renee. I was like, hey, we're going to do our
0: own thing. No, right? there's, She's like, no there's no fun in that. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> she shut it down. That's right. It's sweeter You go to PNC Bank. I'm going to go to Bank of America. (laughs) You know, she's like,
2: nope. I don't blame her. (laughs) The the victory is sweeter when it's a
0: a fight that y'all fought together.
2: You know what I mean? Like we've done things from that personal finance journey to trying different things entrepreneurially that have gone well, that have not gone well. Right. And we've endured it all. We've. Enjoyed the wins and the losses because, man, we tried this thing. We tried it together. It didn't work out. Man, we learned a there lot. It was fun trying it. We overcame obstacles together. We brainstormed strategies together. We learned strengths about ourselves and about our spouse as a result of going on this tough journey. It just, yeah. you chose this person to do life with, so do life with them.
1: And if I didn't trust him with my money, why would I trust him in being a father over my children? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. My kids are worth way much more than any amount of money in a bank. And so sometimes I feel like we're making decisions as a couple to build families and things like that. But when it comes to money, it's like, no, no, you stay over there. I stay over here. And like you said, it's so much sweeter, It's so much better when you're in
0: it together. Initially, when me and Renee talked about how we're going to pay off this debt, you know, I didn't have the notion of you do you and she'll do herself. But I do agree. Once we were able to pull all of our resources together and you start to realize how powerful both of our incomes are with the budget, I mean, we were able to like make exponential gains on our debt payoff. I know in the past you all worked with couples, you were coaching couples. I'm not sure if you still are coaching couples. Do you find that to be the hardest hurdle for couples to get over in terms of their debt payoff, them working together and combining their funds? Or is it like the consumerism that's really tough? What do you see to be the biggest hurdle? paying off debt with a couple?
1: So I would say that it's both. We have some couples where it is, it's his and her money. But by the time we're done with them, they're on the same page. And so they combine their finances. And in that case, yes, you're absolutely right. Once they combine their salaries and their income, they're so much stronger and so much more powerful attacking their debt. But then we also, it's a mindset thing where one spouse mentally has not arrived to that place of why we need to become debt-free or why we need to build wealth. And so what we're finding is that it's the
2: mind that we have to kind of try to overcome and speak to. I would say in addition to that, that eight times out of 10 it's literally not the money. There's something of fear. There's a hurt that has gone unspoken and it's just manifesting into these financial arguments Yep. because there's some resentment. There has been something that happened, whether that was pre-marriage or during the marriage that they just didn't properly address and that wound just never got healed. And this is the result, one of the manifestations of that. So a lot of times when we start asking probing questions, we're good at seeing like, oh, okay. You can see the facial expression. You can see their body language change based on that. And we just kind of get to the root of the problem, like my wife is just saying, a lot of times it's fear. For a lot of guys, it's a fear of looking inadequate. Mm-hmm. And unable to figure this money thing out. You want to be the head of the household. You want to be the leader. You want to be the strong one. You don't want to look as though you don't have a strong ability to handle this. So sometimes we can mask that and just say, I got Mm -hmm. this, or just say, I don't want to talk about it because if I do talk about it, or if I do bring you in, you're going to see that I have a weakness in this area that I'm not as strong as I appear to be.
1: And as women, we were not me, thank God, but the narrative that's been spoken over women's lives from their moms or their grandmoms or people in their family is, girl, you better not depend on a man. You better make sure you have your own. We
2: breed our daughters. In yeah, distrust. I
1: remember one week before I got married, I was speaking with a client of mine and this client said, marriage is not meant for two people. I'm telling you right now, somebody's going to cheat. Somebody is and not going to be faithful. Before we got a married, before I got married. And I'm telling you right now, you need to have your own and make sure that you have an exit strategy. Well, if you're going into marriage with that already, in the forefront of your mind. Why get married?
3: The right? Why? Prophecy.
1: right. Why? So when I got married, I made the decision that we're going to grow together financially, spiritually, mentally, build businesses together, and we're going to win together.
0: You know, I'm really interested. Where did that mindset, because I identify with Talat's story so much because in my family, it was just save your money. That was it. Right. And same thing, very thrifty. And you're just like, as a result, I don't understand this whole concept of saving your money. Why are we being thrifty? and I want to purchase things when the money comes. But the whole notion of being sophisticated with your money, right? Investing and so forth, those are the things that I didn't necessarily get. So with you all, where did the whole notion of, okay, we go from wanting to pay off some debt, talent, you wanting to get your debt down. How did the thought process of, okay, now we want to teach others how to do this. Now we want to go on YouTube. Now we want to pay off our mortgage. Like where did all that come from? Because That seems like such a big jump from even yeah. just wanting to pay off all your consumer debt.
1: What happened was we started telling our story locally, like with just family and friends. And then we would get people that would reach out to us and we would invite them to our home and we were counseling them on our couches. And we were like, wait, we can probably make a bigger impact if we take this online and we can help various and multiple people almost at the same time. And then we also realized that God took our pain and he turned it into purpose. So anything that you go through in life is not just for you. It's for somebody else and it's for it to be told. And so we knew that we had to take this online because there are so many other marriages in particular that are suffering, that are dying, that are ending in divorce simply because they have not gotten the money issue right.
2: Yeah, from the way that our platform is set up, the reason is ties education and experiences in the finance space, my education and experiences in the education space. And so one of the things we're taught in education is that All students don't learn the same way. Mm -hmm. There's a theory by Dr. Howard Gardner called the multiple intelligences Intelligences. theory, Mm -hmm. which shows the different various ways that people learn. Some are audio, some are tactile, some are visual. Very few learn best from lectures, but that's the dominant pervasive way that our education system is set up. And so we wanted to make sure that what we created, what we were trying to teach and convey reached people in the way that they learn. So we have written content, video content and audio content because we figure we could cast a bigger net if we took the content and divvied it up into people's different learning styles. Mm
3: -hmm. I mean, that's so important what you just said, because I used to teach
2: high school before. I feel like I did not know that. (laughs) I don't
3: know that either. Yeah, I used to teach high school. It was a very short stint. But before I went to medical school, I taught high school. And that was one of the things that I learned actually very, very quickly because of the type of students that were in my class. And these were the students that they were depicted as the derelicts of the school, all because they didn't do well in certain classes. And I quickly learned, thankfully, I had another colleague who was with me, who basically said, listen, these students may learn differently. And that means that you as a teacher are responsible for figuring out how they learn, not for them to adapt to what it is that you're doing. And so I think that's so very important. And the fact that you could bring that to your platform, I mean, you're helping so many people all because you've kept that in mind. So I think
0: that's just so wonderful. Now, I think I remember, Tali, you're an audio listener, right? You listen to a lot of well, audio. I'm a big yeah,
2: podcaster. I'm a big reader, just not like articles. I'm a big book reader and a big podcast listener. And Ty, she's big on video. video.
0: You know, for us, we lived five hours away from family. So we would have these long drives. And I remember audiobooks of Dave Ramsey, your podcast. You know, a whole bunch of ton of other podcasts, to Tarabi's podcast that you guys were recently on. Excellent job on that one. Thank you. The one thing about podcasts is it's that emotion or that identification with a personality that keeps us going. So, like, we felt like we identified with you guys so much this is what keeps people going, I think. And for us, we're so used to doing didactic learning, right, Renee? Everything is in a classroom and so chalk forth, and talk. but chalk and talk, that's it, right? And for us, now we're in the same boat also. Like, we are trying to create multiple different modalities for other people to learn, whether it's podcasting or PDFs or what have you, video eventually for us too. It's, it's one thing that I'm really fascinated with y'all too, because particularly with the paying off the debt, do you guys ever struggle with, okay, we're primarily focusing on paying off our mortgage. Congratulations to y'all. Do you ever worry about like, how do we continue to pay off our debt as strongly as we can, but also invest did that ever come into play? No, because we were doing both.
1: Yeah, we were doing both. We (laughs) we were never like, oh no, just pay off debt and not invest.
0: No, That's that's not our style because we understand
2: compound interest and the time Mm -hmm. value of money. And so we weren't investing as aggressively as we could have because of the debt freedom goals, but our investing didn't go to zero. And so we always encourage people to have a blended approach. Mm -hmm. And we always believe that personal finance is personal first, just like the phrase, the word personal comes before finance. And so everything that you want to do financially starts with a goal. Right. Right. We don't believe that there is a cookie cutter one Mm -hmm. way to get to debt freedom, one way to get to financial freedom. And we think that you should personalize it based on who you are, what your goals are, your family structure, the elements of your life, where you live and what you want to see happen in the next five years, next 10 years. And so for us, we knew that we wanted to do both and we ramped it up. It was always our plan through conversation. that after that freedom goal, the investment would then ramp up to another level but we made debt freedom the priority because for us in our mind debt freedom is the first step to building wealth mm-hmm. because every dollar of debt that you pay off is a direct increase to your net worth period you can't do that in the stock market or in real estate right you're taking a risk with those right. you put money into the stock market hoping for a return on the investment you put money into uh, real estate hoping for a return on investment for every dollar that you put toward your debt freedom it directly correlates to your net worth mm-hmm. going up. And so we made that the priority first. It just We wanted that sense of freedom. We wanted to say
0: that we weren't just homeowners, but we were owners of our home. How did y'all start that process? So for someone who's listening and they're like, I don't know how to even start to pay off my debt or pay off my home faster. How did you guys do that? So well, first you start between the ears.
1: There you go. Yeah. We <laughs>
2: gotcha.
1: started between the ears and then we made the decision that this is what we were going to do, but we did not allow how much money was coming in the home or not to affect whether or not we paid off our I don't head. want
2: people to miss what you just said, babe. Mm-hmm. The first sentence she just said was, we made up yeah. in our mind that this was what we were going to do. Yeah. That's the beginning.
1: That's so true because so many people become defeated. I mean, we see people, their New Year's resolution is, I'm gonna get my money right. And then not even before January 31st hits, it's out the window. And so we made that decision and in making that decision, we stuck to it but we also started with what we had. At the time when we first started, we could only squeeze out 20 bucks out of our budget, extra 20. an extra $20 that we applied to the principal of our mortgage every month. So we didn't look at it and be like, oh, that's not enough. So let's wait. Let's just wait. Yeah, let's just wait. I mean, that's what a lot of people are doing. A lot of people are like, they can't take their current salaries and make some type of impact. For us, $20 and we were excited that it was 20 bucks. The reason
2: why that was so powerful was because we made a verbal declaration to each other. We said that we were never going to make a minimum payment Payment. on our mortgage Mm -hmm. ever. We said it out loud, even though there was a bunch of question marks surrounding us. Baby number three was coming a month later after we got the house. I just started a new job. We had just paid cash for a new vehicle because of baby number three coming. (laughs) Right. And so we didn't even know what our cash flow was like because I hadn't started this new job yet. But the
0: key thing, too, is you said you paid cash for a car, yes. which is key. Correct. That was, so that's why I'm saying it was finance. a lot of
2: question marks about what we could do financially in that very moment that we said we would never make. What I'm trying to convey is that we made this declaration even when things weren't lined up perfectly. Right. Right.
3: right. We didn't, even we didn't quote unquote certainty.
2: wait till things got just right. Right. We said it right then and there. We're never going to make a monthly now. And after we pulled out the math, did the calculations, we like. So just to be safe, about all we can do right now is commit to an extra 20. But that extra 20 lined up with the declaration. We said we weren't going to make a minimum payment. And so we called the bank and we made that an automatic. something we don't have to think about. Take out an extra 20 every single month on top of what you are already taking for the minimum payment. And so that one thing, that agreement, our action and our words agreed started the whole ball for us. And then we got more and more creative. We got more and more consistent. Mm -hmm. But it first started with us. Like my wife said, we made up in our mind that this is what we were going to do. Then we said, we're not going to make a minimum payment. And then we took action upon our words right behind it.
1: And we also said we put a timeline to it. So we said five years, even though it was a radical declaration. It was like, okay, can this be done in five years? We still taught ourselves five years. So we tell people when you're getting out of debt, You know, make those decorations, but also give yourself a timeline. Um, I think you guys did that as well. Did you all absolutely. say like three years or something? Or yeah. I if think y'all
2: saying, end up shattering what y'all initially said, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, we made a plan for five years. Five years did it in three or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. That's so that's what happens. Once you get momentum and you actually put it on paper, you're like, we're gonna make sure it gets done.
2: I mean, this is docs outside <laughs> of the box, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. don't allow your brain to be boxed into the typical norm yeah, of what absolutely. everybody says is supposed to happen 15 and 30 year mortgages you can do something different. You don't have to stay inside the box.
0: Absolutely. We definitely got a lot of doctors who allow lifestyle creep because they've done so much delayed gratification, right? So when their friends, and it's understandable when their friends were doing well in their twenties, we were still studying, we were still in school. And it wasn't until our thirties when we started to make a salary that was commensurate with the amount of work that we put in. And it's just, Hard to say, okay, let me delay it for maybe another five more years and continue to live like a resident. But if you can do that, oh boy, the
2: power of like you said, you giving up those five for the next sixty, though. Man,
0: right. right. That,
2: right. that is the key. Say that again. Yeah. You're giving up that five to have full control over the next sixty. Or more. Yeah. Or more. Or more
3: sound effects. Absolutely. Like that. <laughs> Absolutely. That right there is, is really the key, right? Is yeah. you've delayed gratification for your life, right? For your education, for your career. And it's like, well, why not delay it just a little bit more? Just a we little did that. bit more. Yeah. yeah. We
1: were newlyweds as well. We were young in marriage. We had young children. And mm-hmm. so we didn't necessarily take them around the world because we were paying off our debt. But hey, now we can do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's delay this right now. Yes, we're young. Yes, sure. We could be doing what others are doing right now. But we're going to be doing what others can't do when we arrive I'm to that back place. We're in the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah.
3: Right. Absolutely. Hey, can I ask
0: you a question? Are y'all ever going to bring back the videos that y'all made, especially when talent (laughs) would go and sell things?
3: <laughs> oh, right.
1: We would yo. go sell things. Oh. And
0: then, like, I remember you drove like, miles yeah. to sell yeah. something and someone didn't have the money or something like that. And he's right.
2: like, I'm going to wait right here. Right? I you forgot might...
0: about that, man. <laughs> Those videos were so were interesting. Hilarious, See, we were, we were in
2: the midst of hustling, we man. Were, oh, my God. We were in the midst of hustling. It was hot that day. It sure big was. Old, big <laughs> you old, old dresser What you
1: said, you, you, you knock on the door she's going to look. Surprised, like, oh, wait, you like,
2: yeah, you ordered this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, you don't have it? What you mean, you gotta go to the bank? Well, yeah, that's what it was. What you mean?
0: First. Yeah, what you mean? Right, it was what you mean. Yeah, what you mean? Yeah, we're gonna put those links in the show we notes. We might have
2: to bring those, those, have to back. those back out the archives. The what <laughs> <Yes>. you <laughs> yes. means. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Those were hilarious. we oh, <laughs> are gonna hilarious. have to some
3: type of like memory video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all see, I gotta go
0: watch it myself now. Oh, God.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when people type it out or when they blog about what they're willing to do, it kind of like sanitizes it, right? Mm-hmm. But when you blog mm-hmm. it when you see yourself waiting in a car, you can see the frustration yeah, in your face. Yeah, it was
2: hot. Well, Sweat beats.
0: You know what I mean? So it yeah, was real was life.
2: hilarious. That's one thing that we try our best to convey on our platform is all of it. Yeah. Not just the finish line. The whole journey. The things that work. Like we did a video on businesses, ideas that we tried that didn't work just to let you know, like, don't just see what's happening with us right now and just think that we snapped our fingers and got here. It's been a journey. And again, that goes back to an initial statement that we made. We talked about earlier, everything that we've done, win or loss, we've done it together. Mm -hmm. And that's why the whole thing has been sweet. Everything about it has been good. So if I was just trying stuff and failed on my own, you know, now I got to explain to my wife, you know, I'm sorry, babe, you know, I kind of, you know, but you don't understand this, that and the other happened. And that's why, but, since we were like locked arms and doing all these things together, we both had an understanding. And it's just a part of the journey. And you are a team. That person you're married to is your teammate, not your opponent. And so you can win some games with your teammate. You can lose some games with your teammate. But if y'all stick together and continue to work together, y'all could become champions together collectively.
0: I know Chicago doesn't know anything about that. Well, no, we got, we got a few titles. So the Knicks, you know. Ooh, sorry about the Knicks, man. Yeah. I'm sure you enjoyed that documentary. Oh, I loved he it. Did. I loved he did. He loved it. Oh, it it. oh man, gosh. it took me back. It took me back. I think the hardest thing to watch about that is he didn't even mention the Knicks as his hardest opponent. Oh, he said, like the Pacers. Pacers. <laughs> it hurt because I was like, I remember all the battles yeah. as a teenager watching. And then after this, 20 years later, for him to say, Yeah, it wasn't The Pacers. You find oh. how his
2: mind works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then I took that personal.
0: He said yeah. that about
2: everything. Trust me, that was the same way he was dogging the Pistons in there. It was all intentional. Y'all have, in your hands. opinion,
1: mm-hmm. you got to make sure you say that.
2: Oh, in my opinion, sorry,
0: in my opinion, my humble opinion. Right. Well, let me ask you this question: We covered the debt payoff part and the concept and how you started from a granular level. What about investing? Because that, I think, is just as hard for people to grasp. Also, particularly people from certain communities where maybe the parents didn't invest. And it can be very complicated. What's your approach to investing? How did y'all start? Let us know a little bit about that.
2: Keep it simple. Yeah. There are industries, magazines, news stations, experts who are in the business of making it seem complicated. Very much so. Because then you become dependent on, on them yep. and their information. Keep Try to get paid. It's it simple. Stock market investing, start at your job. Your job has a 401k, 403b, 457 TSP depending on the type of work Mm -hmm. that you're in. We believe personally in index fund investing. There are three major types of ways to invest in the stock market, individual stocks, traditional mutual funds, Mm -hmm. and index funds. So the individual stock is just how it sounds. You are putting money into the stock of one particular company. So maybe you're buying some shares of Walmart as an example. But if Walmart has a decline, so does all your money because you're essentially, for a lack of a better term, betting on one company. With a traditional mutual fund, you are putting money into a fund that is comprised of multiple companies, maybe 100, maybe 200, maybe 300 companies inside one fund. So if you're putting money in this fund, your money is being spread across and essentially your risk is being spread across a group of companies instead of just one. The problem with traditional mutual funds is that at the top of that mutual fund is a fund manager. Manager. And that Mm -hmm. fund manager has a hefty salary. And that fund manager sometimes is incentivized to invest in certain companies, whether that would be a benefit to you or not. Not saying all, just some. And when you have to pay fund managers and their team, guess where that salary comes from? It comes out of your earnings. And so in traditional mutual funds, you're usually paying a higher fee for that service. With index funds, the difference between well, an index fund is a type of mutual fund, but the difference is with an index fund, you are putting your money into a fund that is comprised of every company that is on that index. index. An example of an index is the S&P 500. So if you invest in the S&P 500 index fund, you are investing in all of those companies. And index funds have no fund managers because they're not trying to beat the market. The owner, yeah. Yes, you're only matching mm-hmm. what the market does. And so you may get advertisement and here's something to take away. Whenever you see advertisement for products, finance-wise, you're paying for that. That's a first red flag because we don't bank at any bank that's on TV. We don't invest in any company that's on TV Mm-mm. because somebody's paying for that marketing. Now, back to what I was saying. When you look at your mutual fund, it may be saying 2%. You just pay a 2% fee. And that sounds 2%. That's it. I get to keep the other 98%. But you have to think of it annualized over the life of your career, your occupation, your investing life, 30 years or more, right? So that 2% is every single year, every single dollar that you earn. And when you're looking at long-term investments, the difference between someone who is investing just one percentage point less, so 2% to 1% is the equivalent of 10 years of retirement income. So it sounds small, but it's major. Now, index funds is even lower than that. The typical index fund is your fee that you pay is like something like 0.03% 0. Zero or 003 0. Mm-hmm. 0. or 0.5% as compared to 1%, 2%, and sometimes 3% Mm -hmm. in a traditional mutual fund. Why? Because you got to pay for that staff. Warren Buffett himself, most people consider him the number one investor of all time, says most people can't invest like me. Mm -hmm. He says most people should invest in what? Index funds. He even did an experiment 10 years long. He went up against some of the top mutual fund head managers in the industry. And he invested totally in the index fund and they invested in the index fund All Beat right. every last one of them.
1: There's a book that we want to recommend for your listeners to get Simple Path to Wealth, and that's by J.L. Collins. He also has a website, too, where puts really pretty much in written form on there as well, too. And he discusses that's the way that he's built his wealth as well as through index fund investing. And so that was one of the books that was read early on and literally line by line. What he suggested is what we do.
0: So, I think we're going to have to pause because Ty and Talent literally, just like from our favorite Love Jones, they broke it down. So, it will forever be broke <laughs> on index funds. Thank you so much for doing that. Taking the Chicago uh, roots off. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all did an amazing explanation. That was about really that. good.
3: I mean, you could tell you guys definitely are into education because 100%. that was so clear. So, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Let me ask you guys. So, Talit, Knee informed me the other day because I've been pregnant, I had pregnancy brain and I haven't been able to keep up with stuff. But Knee informed me the other day that you actually left your job Correct. to do his and her money full time. And I know that Ty, at one point, you were pretty much kind of home. And yes. I'm assuming that you were the one that was doing a lot of his and her money like in the background.
1: Yeah, right along with raising the kids, right?
3: Right. So talk to us about, well, a couple of things. Ty, like I mentioned, you stayed home even though you have a degree. What was that like making that decision, especially during a time when you were trying to pay off the debt? Yeah. And then moving forward and saying, okay, well, we've paid this off and now talent. You deciding or both of you, obviously, deciding that, OK, yeah, it's time for me to leave my job. Take us through that entire journey.
1: Before we got married, I remember that he used to say that if it ever came to a point where you didn't no longer wanted to work, just know that you don't have to. I'm like, no, no, I want to work. Like even with kids, I'm going to work. This is what I wanted to do. And it wasn't
2: until my. I just say, I want to say this, you know, again, it goes to speaking things before they make sense because she was making more than me. huh? Was
1: Yes. And so it wasn't until I laid eyes on our firstborn that I was like, oh, my gosh, like this was my purpose. I didn't want to leave him. And I ended up going back to work during his first year. And after that, I ended up coming home. And it's been one of the best decisions ever for me to be able to be home while the kids were young and just taking them to preschool and different things, picking them up, dropping them off, going to this appointment, that appointment. And so his and her money, we both were actually working it in the background. And sometimes most of the time it was at night. Sometimes he would take his laptop and on lunch breaks, he's working. And it was definitely trying during those times because we're also active. We're also associate pastors at our church. And so we were just busy being pulled in all different directions. But we knew one day it was like his love for education was changing. Not that he did not still enjoy teaching. He just wanted to do it now for himself on his terms. And so, yeah, he came home March of 2019. So we just hit Mm -hmm. our first year by the time of this recording. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing. God has done more with us during this time with him being off work than he was when he was
2: at work. Yeah, it was just a complete journey because initially I was the least entrepreneurial person you could ever meet. I was fine with Ty having... He
1: made a quote that I will work for the rest of my life, basically Mm -hmm. outside of the home. And I remember looking at him like, what? You don't want to have your own... I was like, you don't want to have your own. To me, that was a little turnoff. But at the same time, I understood like he thought this was the only way to really provide for his household.
2: No, I mean, right? I knew my mom was an entrepreneur, but I felt that I was not an entrepreneur. Yeah. I felt that I was going to be the stabilizing force so that we could try these different things. And in my That's heart, stability. I was providing the stability. I'm down to try all these things, but I'll just stay in this lane to make sure that our family is straight. I didn't knock entrepreneurship. I just didn't right. see myself in it right. at that right. moment. And then just gradually, the more I learned.
1: we jump both feet in. And, and
2: we're people of faith. So God literally changed my desires to where at the very end, it was completely it was undesirable to go to work. Yeah, it was there was evident. a time where I was fine living in both worlds, doing our business stuff and being in the school system. Like I had a joy but it slowly leaked out. And I felt like the grace for the traditional school system had left me because you have to have a grace for it because you're up against it every day. And once that grace is gone, it becomes a little extra trying. And so it just happened. (laughs) Just gradually got to the point where it was abundantly clear that it was time. And as his
1: wife, I saw that, like I knew like, no, his grace is gone. It's lifted from that, you know? And so I knew that his desire was to be home. But of course, he always wanted us to make sure that the family was straight. And so we did what we could do. But when God speaks and says to move, you move. And
2: he spoke. And like, he spoke. It wasn't even planned. Like, it it sure was that I, day, I, I went to work one day and he towards called the end me. Of the
1: day, he called me. <laughs> he was like, this is it. <laughs> and I knew it when I heard it. I was like, right. No, right. it wasn't
2: like I was like,
0: ah! I was just like, yo, I think this today is, is my last and day. And I
1: said, come home.
0: It was like, I knew it. He knew it. I said, come home. Let me ask y'all this question. Is that guaranteed money when you go in versus being an entrepreneur, making that money? It may not be guaranteed. Like there are so many different fears that people have. How did you get over that? How did you get past that? Oh, no, you you make a plan. You just want to be home.
2: The day that it happened was not planned. The eventual plan was was for this to happen. And because that was eventually the plan, we were being proactive. We weren't being reactive, so we were obviously paying off all of mm-hmm. our debt. We were putting investments in place. We were building a big emergency fund.
1: And I was even doing things like even on the home front, like buying toilet paper, home necessities if it was on sale. Like I was thinking forward, we we're loading up, thinking forward. Okay, we got to put this stuff in our basement. Let's do it in our basement, but let's make sure that we secure our four walls as much as we can, fortify those walls as much as we can
2: before we take that jump. Before the plane left the ground. We were building that runway to make sure that we had enough clearance to get the plane off the ground. Nope. Never. Never back. Not, <laughs> not one second. This has
1: <laughs> been amazing. And I think when you are not depending on a nine to five per se, where you're depending on someone else, it's just another drive. It's just another fire that's lit under you, you know, because it's like, we got to make this happen. We got
2: to do it. So and, no, and, no regrets. To be totally transparent, even if this didn't work, I wasn't going back to work. Because you see there's so many different ways. Like the more you get into this game, you're like, wait, I can make money doing this online. I can make money doing this. There's so much- there's jobs. You know, it don't even have to be a business that you create. There are jobs you can do online from home. It's a whole different world. If you take the time, that's why we've spent so much time on the front end, making our life not cost as much. Does that make sense? Right. So we got rid of right. all these bills and we don't even have that many bills. So it doesn't cost us as much to live. So I don't have to go create this eight-figure business to that's make it bill. work.
1: Sure. But
2: what I'm saying is when you take the time to build your life yeah. to a place you where you minimize your the... expenses, yes. that allows the wiggle room to take more risks. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You might have the three kids, but you don't have the mortgage. You don't have the car debt. You don't have the, you know, everything else. And so it's very interesting because me nee mentioned that the thing that I think people are most concerned about with entrepreneurship, right? Like the well, the guaranteed money when you go to work. And I always say, I always say, how do you know that your nine to five is guaranteed? You are depending on someone else who is making decisions that you are not necessarily even aware of on behalf of their business that could impact you any day. You could literally walk in and they say, oh, we don't need your department anymore. So how is that stable? Absolutely. Versus, You doing it on your own. And we learned with COVID, because we are in time of quarantine and COVID, that many people actually lost their jobs because of the quarantine, because of COVID. And so the people who tend to do best, I'm thinking, right, proportionately anyway, are entrepreneurs because you can pivot. You can always pivot your business. So there were dressmakers who said, "Okay, well, maybe people aren't buying dresses, but I can make masks and they're making masks.
1: And also these companies that you were working at, they, too, are looking like we need a strong online presence. And so they're shifting their work now online, which means that you could be let go. So it's like the entire world as a whole is saying, hey, this thing has changed. The game has changed. We all need to be thinking World Wide Web, everybody.
2: And I think that for you guys, audience, I think that's why your show is so cool because you're showing that doctors have these other passions, these other desires outside of medicine. And that's okay. That's actually a good thing to be multifaceted. And sometimes you don't know, like the version of you in 2025 may have a different mentality or a different set of priorities or a different set of desires in the 2020 version. So set your life up in a way that you have the option Mm -hmm. to do this other thing as opposed to being stuck at the hospital or at the clinic, unable to pursue this thing that you're now super passionate about. Because the version of me on that day where I called home and said, I think this is my last day, that was not the same guy from five years ago, from five years before. They were two different people. The desire in me had changed. But if we didn't take the time to set our life up in a certain way. I would have had to go back to work that next day, miserable. I would have had to go back to work the day after that, miserable, because we didn't set our life up in a way to give ourselves options. So at the very least, at the very least, you might be totally in love with medicine or whatever you do right now. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. All we're saying is things can change. Things can change. Whether that's a change occupationally with loss of job, whether that's a change in like my wife said, the thought to be at home never entered her mind until the birth of our first Mm -hmm. child. Until that moment, things have the ability to change. So give yourself the ability to change if you change. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. That makes a lot of sense. It was really powerful. And thank you for speaking directly to the audience on that one. That is key. When I first wanted to be a physician, I knew that anything that anybody told me, well, you know, trauma, and which is what I do is a young man's game. And I was like, nope, I'm still going to do it. I'm going to be in my 60s, waking up at two in the morning, operating on gunshot wounds and all that stuff. And just like Ty, when you have your first child, like things change. And same thing with Renee, I'm sure she can talk about it. Like things change when, you know, families change or when such a major event for us happened, like when we were having difficulty having children. You never think, what this actually will do for your career. And if you don't set up your life in a way, or you set up your finances in a way that allows you to pivot, is going to be more frustration. Yeah, no, for absolutely. sure.
1: There are so many people that are living, a feel lives making way much more less than, I'm just going to use a doctor, than a doctor's salary, right? So I think sometimes a lot of times people's fear of leaving their full-time jobs is because of the money. Can I replace what I'm making or can I make more? But again, if you become debt-free, if you put all of your ducks in a row, you set yourself up where you really don't have to live with much. You can really have a very, very fulfilling life. You want to travel the world, you could travel the world. So I guess what I would say to people is what type of life do you want to live? Right. What type of life do you yeah. want to live and how much is it going to cost to live that life and then plan accordingly?
0: Right. Yeah. There's one thing that I'm really interested in and is when you first started with his and her money, you are deciding that obviously from a house and personal finance standpoint, you guys can be very successful. Initially when you are helping other people, initially when you're starting your podcast and your YouTube channel, you guys reveal a lot about yourselves, right? Was there any pushback about revealing so much about your family's own finances, your family structure, things like that? Did I ever come into question you're like, "Ah, maybe we shouldn't bother uh, Yeah, we're here. private people. Like we are legit
1: private people, but we knew that if we stay private, we could not necessarily help as many people as we could. So we knew that we had to become transparent and kind of share our lives and share our successes and failures. I'm still Yes. Our first that. initial response was like, no, I'm a private person. Like I don't want to have to walk in a grocery store. It even came to the point where I didn't even know if I wanted to show my face. Right? Yes. Yes. Even things like that was
2: a question. Like my wife said, that was an even discussion. Like when we first were launching, like, are we just going to be a faceless brand? Because we didn't want to immediately be disqualified because they saw our american We fought through all that. And we ultimately decided to put ourselves out there in full because we felt like we were supposed to be examples. We were supposed to be seen. And we were supposed to be looked at as when they see us, they can see themselves. And so that's why we are transparent. And that's why we do our best to show both the things that work and don't work. So that as you're out and about, you're trying to do these things, you can know that as a way, a learning tool for you. And so we just consider ourselves templates and blueprints for you to follow or to build upon to make your own design life. You know what I mean? So we just consider ourselves examples to people. And so we just carry that cross, so to speak.
3: I am so glad you did because. Ty kind of also said something in there where it's like, well, the color of our skin, we didn't know whether or not. And it's like, no, black people need to see other black people doing it because it's just that important. Yeah.
1: And that's why we did it. It was for our own. But we did not necessarily want to be rejected. Let's just keep it real. A lot of times people may not want to hear what you have to say simply by the color of your skin. And we're not necessarily talking about our race per se. Right. We knew that we had a lot to give to everyone and we didn't want any objections. But after we overcame that, we realized, really, we want to be the example to our own and to receive the emails and the comments of people saying, oh, my gosh, you look just like us or my family looks just like you. And if you all can do it, I can do it. That right there has been priceless.
0: To end things off, I just wanted to ask you guys, because you guys feature so many different debt payoff stories, which are very very powerful. I just want to know, like, if you guys can recall, what's your most favorite debt payoff story that obviously is not your own?
1: It has to be a debt payoff, or is it just our own favorite story in general?
0: Yeah. Uh, let's do your own favorite story.
1: Okay. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. We did
0: one episode
2: that comes to mind for me. It was called The Habits of the Rich versus the Habits of the Poor. It was by an author named Tom Corley. The book is called Rich Habits because he went on a very long study of millionaires and their habits and just the way that he unpacked it was super eye-opening and super encouraging at the same time. So that's one that stood out yeah. to me. And probably another one, we had Shane and Jocelyn Sands Sam's years ago. They were sharing their story of debt freedom. And mm-hmm. what stood out to me was a sentence that Shane shared because they had paid off their house and stuff like that. And he said that we have the ability, both he and his wife, have the ability to drive their, kids, Take to their school kids to school and to pick their kid, both of them in the car. He said, you know how many cars I see with two parents in it? None, but ours. Yeah. And so just little nuggets like that, just kind of yeah. stick with.
1: You. And one of my favorite stories is David. He has 20 paid off homes. Rich carry. Rich carry. There we go. He has 20 paid off homes. And the reason why I really love his particular story, because a lot of the news in regards to real estate that you see online is you need to use other people's money, right? In order to build wealth in the real estate game and to see how he was able to purchase his homes in cash he has now well over 20 homes in his portfolio. That particular story was one that really just, man, I love that. But we have a lot of different stories just to see how people are able to overcome defeat or failure or start side hustles that then
2: turn into businesses. And that one time we had two black doctors on. Yes. And they had paid off story. like half a <laughs> milli. Yes. Like half that, a milli. Exactly. That I was agree. A game agree. That's
0: like our favorite. So were they? <laughs> <laughs>
2: First of all, two black
3: doctors. Yes, no, I'm serious. <laughs>
0: Half a million. That really inspired. What was us. it? no like six eighty five. It was like two point seven mil or something like that. It was like crazy. It was but crazy. Now
3: I can't remember what was it. It was 6- <laughs> yeah, sixty two.
0: Yeah, their story inspired I'll just leave it to you like this, Renee. Do you have anything else you want to say? Any other questions? Yeah,
3: I just love you guys, talented. I really do. I am so super proud of you. But even more, I am just so happy. That we happened to just find you on Periscope when Periscope was a big thing. Yeah. And
0: no, no, we found them first on YouTube.
3: Well, you probably found them first on YouTube, and then the first
0: episode I found them was Was thirteen. What is this? Thirteen bank accounts, and I showed it to my name. Oh my god! Yeah, but it was just
3: so wonderful interacting with you guys just all the time. Like I just remember you being on Periscope and. I remember where we were, we'd be at the hospital just watching you guys and just commenting and just joking around and me talking about the Air Jordan, the talent, you know, responding to them. Tupor.
2: Tupor. 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 Tupor.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. It's just been such a wonderful thing to watch you guys journey. And I'm so happy your children are going to be just so much better off for it, so much better off. And I think the story that you told in the beginning about how you watched your parents do things, but had two different interpretations, right? Because maybe a lot of us don't talk about money with our children. We probably should. And in order to do that, we have to learn. And so you guys have really set out on a journey to help so many people, not just be able to pay off that and be financially independent, but to be able to educate their children, which is going to change so many people's lives and so many people's family trees. thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you,
1: guys. And the work that you all are doing is phenomenal. Just to see that we would have conversations with you all and see where you all are now. Two beautiful sons. Like, this is just, oh, gosh. Man,
2: we're proud to be on this journey with y'all. This show is needed. Yes. This show has to continue. This show is helping so many people. And so we have stood back. I agree. And proud of the work that you guys have put in on the personal level, as well as now allowing Mm -hmm. other doctors and experts to come. And you're helping people yourselves. So we're proud of you guys. Seriously,
0: keep up the great work. Thank you. I'm going to keep my part short because I think it's really, really important to emphasize this point that both me and Renee both have our MBAs and we still didn't know what we were doing. And it wasn't until we saw y'all that really helped us take things to another level. So that's how powerful your teaching is. That's how powerful your message is. Keep it up. If you guys can reach us, you guys can reach anybody. So I want the audience to really understand that concept that it really is starts at home first, starts with the relationship. And then from there, obviously, the family legacy, the legacy building will go from there. I just want to ask you all real quick. I know you guys are all over the place. Y'all are doing amazing things, but for people who are just new to y'all and they want to know how to get in contact with you, where to find y'all, where to get your podcast. Can you just let the audience know how they can get in touch with y'all or even listen to your show?
1: Sure. Yeah. We have everything over at our website, hisandhermoney.com. We have a podcast called the His and Her Money Show. That's wherever podcasts can be listened. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. We also have a YouTube channel. That's His and Her Money. We're on social media at His and Her Money. But again, everything can be found at our website, hisandhermoney.com. And
0: that's it. it Everybody is. go to his, High and her talent money. With his and her money. Not be disappointed. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. This was amazing.
1: Thank you all so much. Well, this for was great. Us. This was a lot Love of fun. You guys. Thank you.
0: Thank you.